Accept that more stuff is not making our lives better, and focus instead on what does. This is why we shouldn't despair in the face of what the science is telling us. It is precisely the severity of the problem that will drive a response that is overwhelming in scale and speed, and will go right to the core of our societies. It is the crisis itself that will push humanity to its next stage of development, and allow us to realize our evolutionary potential. It will be a rough ride, but in the end, we will arrive at a better place. This is the story we will tell here. It is a story that starts in the past, passes through the present, and extends into the future. The past is the story of warnings issued and decisions made. The present, the story of today, is the factual result of our failure to heed those warnings. But rather than a platform for issuing recriminations, our present situation is the foundation for our future story, a story of great challenges, incomparably great opportunity. This is our story. It is about our world, what has been happening in it, the state it is currently in, and what is going to happen next. It is not, however, a passive commentary about the world we live in, It is a call to arms. A call to decide what kind of world we want to live in, and what kind of contribution we can each make to define that. It is about a future we must choose. By coincidence, this story also spans my lifetime. As I was being born in Australia in 1959, the start of this dramatic story was unfolding in the United States. The U.S. Department of Agriculture banned the sale of cranberries just before Thanksgiving due to the poisoning of the national crop by the excessive use of inadequately controlled pesticides. It was what I consider the beginning of modern environmental awareness. It was the moment people on a large scale started to wake up to the fact that there were limits to the earth's capacity to cope with our abuse, that we had grown so powerful as a species that we had now acquired a fateful power to destroy nature as scientist Rachel Carson stated. It was when people came to realize that while we had for 10,000 years learned to control nature around our houses, villages, and farms for our immediate benefit, the scale of our impact had now changed the game. Our story will go through this period to give us context for our present situation, where we find we have ignored earlier warnings and have now exceeded the limits breaking the rules on which our system and its stability is based. As you listen to this history, you may share the angst many feel about the lack of response to the decades of warnings. Environmentalists, like myself, also have to acknowledge a sobering reality in this. Given that we were unsuccessful in convincing society to respond to the challenge that was coming, there must have been failings in the approach we took. While I too lament the result, and wonder what we could have done differently, I have now moved on. It is what it is. We can only change the future. In that sense, this is a kind of guidebook to that future. While my views are shaped by decades of experience, and a thorough analysis of the facts, they are, of course, my views. I hope they will help you to come to your own conclusions on where we are and where we are going, and, most important, how you personally are going to respond. Before we start the journey, though, let's consider our starting point. 
If you're one of the billion or so people at the top of the global economic tree, and if you're listening to this, then you probably are, then how good is this? We get a good meal whenever we want it. We all have housing that prevents us from being exposed to the elements. Most of us rarely face violence in our day-to-day -day lives, and if we do, we can get a response that pretty much reduces the threat to a manageable level. We generally get basic health care needs met. With even the poorer quality care, light years ahead of what the average person received just a few generations ago. And this quality of life is no longer just for those in Western countries, as it largely was a few decades ago. There are now many hundreds of millions of people in China, India, South America, and other developing countries who live this relatively luxurious life. We, the lucky billion, now spend most of our lives...